At Troncali Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we treat you like one of our own. With the friends and family advantage, you'll get no hassle upfront pricing every time and upfront trade-in value. We'll even purchase your car if you buy elsewhere. When you need to service, we have convenient hours, genuine Mopar parts, and factory-trained technicians. And as an award-winning dealership, you'll always have a satisfying experience. So visit Troncali Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 9 in Cumming and online at troncollijeep.com. Tap the banner for details. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Wix. Get started right now on your own website by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast. And get 10% off at Wix.com slash podcast. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a music video shoot takes a turn for the creepy as a ghost shows up on set. An episode of our show mysteriously begins playing at an important time in a listener's life. And who's the face that turns up on a picture taken by a young woman? Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in your ghost story. Write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Or you can always email your audio file to me, Tony, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. Of course, if you like the show, it's supported by you guys. Become an EPP, an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com. Five bucks a month is all that is. You get access to our uh, EPP bonus episodes, our best best stories. New episode every single week exclusively for EPPs. You get access to our regular episodes, commercial-free, uh, weeks before they go out to the public. You get a free e-copy of our best-selling Amazon, our Amazon best-selling book, uh, Real Ghost Stories Online, Haunting Encounters Told by Real People, and a whole bunch more. At uh, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you today. And how are you this fine day? I am super intrigued by this story about this show popping up at a weird time. I am too. I, uh, Whatever that was. I uh, I put this episode together about a week or two ago, and I don't remember the details. And, and nor do I really read them very 
in, in great detail when I'm putting them together because I kind of want to be surprised. I just kind of go for, you know, is this ghost content and, you know, does it look grammatically readable? <laughs> Essentially, then I let Grammarly do the rest as far as making it uh, putting commas where they should go. I swear to God, uh, I, I, I number one, I love everyone who who sends in their story uh, and and submits a story to our show. But every single person on the planet would fail uh, spelling and writing tests uh, if you were ever given one, including myself. So I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not saying everyone's horrible at this, but we would all be in up shit's creek if if our our seventh grade spelling or English teachers came in and critiqued our work as, as it's submitted because ever grammarly just, just, Oh my God, just obliterates every story that comes in. It's like well, 72 errors. It's like, Oh my like God. When I went to college though, like that was a huge thing was writing and we all had to take writing classes and how to write. Yeah. And my sister teaches college now mm-hmm. and you should read some of the stuff people turn in. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, this sort of story. Like I think sometimes they're writing it kind of like it's not a college paper, but it's just sort of the, the rambling thoughts sort of mm -hmm. just writing it all out. I don't know when it became might even voice to text sort of thing. I I think there's some of that that goes on. What, what troubles me the most is um, when, uh, and the things we get stories from kids too. And sometimes the best writing, I'm not even kidding, comes in from like, a 15 or 16 year old who's in school right now. It's all very fresh in their mind, I think, with with writing um, versus sometimes an adult who really should know a bit better. My, my biggest pet peeve is stories that come in with no periods at all. It's just like, what is that? I don't know. Who does that? And, and those I can't even begin to correct because I the, the spell check, everything doesn't catch it, doesn't know where things begin and end. Um, and then there's like no capitalization either. And, and those, quite honestly, I just let go, even if it may be a good story, just because I don't have four hours to edit a, a five minute story. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, they come in pretty good um, or, or, or good, I should say, about as good as I would write. Um, and, and that's not great. Um, but it's just, it's just funny because I, I know a lot of us had, you know, English classes and all that, and, uh, we're not good at this as adults. <laughs> it's just something big for yourself. You're good at, yeah, I know, good. I know you are, you are pretty good. Uh, and Jenny is too at, at writing. I'm not, uh, but it's, uh, and people with English as a second language as well. Also better writers than most of us that have it as our first. <laughs> so crazy. it is. It is our education system or something is failing us. I don't know. But uh, good stories today. Let's jump into them. 855-853-4802 is the phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. First one says, just had a creepy ass encounter last week at a music video shoot that I wanted to share. A quick, quick briefing on a location. It's a historic building. The original owner was turning it into a club, but ran out of money during the construction, decided to sell it, and was then purchased by the current owner. The front part of it is a large, modernistic bar with a small kitchen and foyer. The back part was supposed to be the dancing area, but the new owner turned it into a photography studio. The usage of the studio is divided between the current owner, his daughter-in-law, and me. Last weekend, I was shooting a music video for an up-and-coming musician. We just got done with hair and makeup in the photography studio area, and we're about to head out to the location to shoot. All of us, there was five at the time, were standing near the exit in the foyer, waiting on the makeup artist to return. And out of nowhere, the voice of what sounded like a woman started talking in the photography area. The group stopped to listen because it was rather loud, despite it being a softer voice. After she, it, uttered a few sentences, I looked over to the group and was... Like, did y'all hear that? And to my surprise, everyone said yes. But they thought it was the makeup artist that we were waiting on at the exit. We all rushed to the photography area to meet whoever or whatever was there, and there was no one. We searched the bathroom, storage rooms, confirmed that the rear exit was still locked. And needless to say, we didn't wait much longer for the makeup artist to return and left the building. Later that night, I returned alone to return the gear. And as I unloaded my bags, I heard what sounded like someone punching the backdrop paper. I rushed to the area of the sound, went over there with my video camera, but I didn't capture anything. We've used this place for years and no one ever encountered anything. 
I'm wondering if it's one of the props in the studio owners, the daughters brought in. She shoots newborns and collects lots of handmade vintage set pieces. Anyway, I was excited to share. Thanks for the show. Love being an EPP. I'm also wondering, did they not mention early on that that they just did done some remodeling to this building too? Yeah, because the one guy had bought it and was turning it into a bar that didn't work out. Then they're doing this with it. So yeah, they'd been they have been disturbing some stuff. Yeah, and that that can sometimes stir up activity of some sort. So I wonder if that that could be part of it as well. Or maybe then the, that, that creepy vintage stuff, like. I don't know why people want to decorate a house in creepy old things, but people do. Yeah. Or why do you want to shoot a, why didn't you shoot a baby? Do a baby shoot with a bunch of creepy old stuff. I don't get that. But I do think that can happen too. Do a, like, a, a, a photography shoot of babies and like, oh, let's make it look like the old times where they used to prop up the dead ones. Yeah. That's, Yeah. And that happened, and people. I don't They're know. Like if, creepy old rocking horses or creepy old dolls. That yeah. I don't like creepy old dolls. The um, you ever go to like an antique store, and then they have sometimes you'll find vintage pictures or or really 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 old pictures. I should say beyond vintage, and you get the odd ones where it's like a baby is in it, and then a bunch of siblings, and there's the baby's kind of awkward. Is there dead? They're dead. Yeah, that was like the only way that they could kind of document that this person ever even existed. And I, w- I remember when I first heard that, like as a teenager, I'm like, really? And yeah, that's just a, it's a weird, creepy thing to think about. But, you know, it was kind of the norm of, of how things were done at one point in time. And I must have seen this in a movie at some point, but I had the feeling that someday I like I'm going to be looking at an old photo because I do it all the time. I'm looking for people I know because mm-hmm. I just know at one point I'm going to see someone and be like, oh, my God. So I know that was in a movie. But, you know, wouldn't that be crazy if like I'm looking at old timey pictures and there you are? That yeah. would be creepy. Like, are you saying it's going to be someone that looks like me or it really no, is it me? No, it would be like back so time. looks like you. It's okay. you. There's no mistaking that's Tony. He secretly time travels. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden on the speaker. I've seen that in a movie at some point. Maybe. But I do that all the time when I look at old pictures. Looking for somebody I know. I don't know why. You have the moment. You're just like, I can just picture it. You're in the, the antique store. You're holding the photo up. You're looking and you're like, oh my God, that's Tony. And then all of a sudden over the speakers, Huey Lewis starts playing. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. That's the moment right there. <laughs> Now I know it is. Huey Lewis? No way. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be it. I throw the picture up and I start dancing. That would be, yeah. <laughs> Gonna go back in time. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. A friend of mine uh, was on a plane once with Huey Lewis. <laughs> and I'm like, did you say anything? He's like, no, I just stared. <laughs> and this was a little bit before um, uh, camera phones and everything. So he couldn't get like the kind of awkward... Uh, a shot of you know like I'm I'm just checking my phone and you accidentally take a picture. I did have a friend who did that with Michael Bolton though, <laughs> where, where Michael Bolton was on the seat right in front of him and he got kind of one of those I'm checking my phone photos where it's kind of out of focus. But hey, yep, that's Michael Bolton right over there. <laughs> and those celebrities are so onto that stuff. I'm sure it's like yeah, you just happen to be checking your phone like this around me all the time. Yeah. I tried so hard to do that the other day and it was not a celebrity. But it was the, a biker couple, and uh-huh. they were all in their biker outfits with their motorcycles, and they were doing engagement pictures. <laughs> I was like, look, even biker people take romantic pictures. <laughs> but I couldn't get them. I tried to like act like I was taking pictures of my dog, and I just couldn't get it. What would be even more awkward of you is if you were in the studio when you were in the studio with a celebrity and you try and do it and they're like fully expecting you to take pictures, but you try and do it like awkwardly and nonchalantly like the other like you had Colby Calais in the studio the other day. It'd be really funny to see you like, oh, I'm just taking a picture of your coffee mug over there. That's that's all I'm doing. Not you. OK. So like I really don't want a picture of you, Colby Calais. Yeah. yeah. So is she in a country group now? Yeah, and they're fantastic. I haven't heard they're them. They're called Gone West. They're so good. It's so good. It's not Go Everybody West. Everybody needs to. They're on Spotify. Okay. 
It's not you Go West. Find their YouTube channel. King of Wishful Thinking. It's Gone West. Remember Go West? Gone West. Remember Go West? King of Wishful Thinking. Oh, no. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. The Gone West is like the, it's like the children of Go West. <laughs> I'll check them out. I, I always like Colby Calais uh, years ago. Um, I'll just check that out. I uh, I saw your pictures. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And by the way, one of the nicest people you would ever meet. Really? Incredibly kind. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, 855-853-4802. Our phone number at Real Ghost Stories online to share your real ghost story with us. All right. Back to the stories in just a moment. First, I want to thank our supporter today, Wix. Go to Wix.com slash podcast. Get yourself 10% off. Wix.com slash podcast. W-I-X.com slash podcast. These guys, if you've ever wanted a website that uh, that really just kicks ass, um, this is the uh, the service to go to. Over 140 million people already know this. They've they've been around for a little while, and they just get better with time. You can start and publish for free. That, number one, is a nice thing to hear when you're trying a service that you're not familiar with. But once you start using them, you'll get very familiar with them because they are so easy to use. Whether you are brand new to designing websites or you have tons of experience, their platform caters to both. Yeah. Whether you want to get super down and dirty into coding or you want to just do drag and drop and have it super easy. And email is sometimes a difficult uh, thing for you during the day. This is going to be totally usable for you. You can change, customize, add anything you want to your website, add your own text, images, videos, more. Hundreds of design features and apps to grow your brand online. Years ago, you'd have to like go to this source and that source to get this and that. Here, it's all there all there for you also includes built-in seo tools that search engine optimization for those of you playing along at home helps to get found online in search engines like google and bing you can even use wix's seo Wiz for a personalized plan everything is automatically optimized for any device desktop mobile these are all things like i said you used to, have to think about like oh, i need this i need that this does it this is all there everything for you it is a dream come true when it comes to making a website Check it out for yourself. Get 10% off. And like I said, you can start and you can even publish for free. You have no excuse not to try these guys. Wix.com slash podcasts, where you go to get that 10% off. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast. Get 10% off. Wix.com slash podcast. Let's go over to our next one. It says, this is not really a ghost story, but rather more of a follow-up. I wrote in a few months ago about the spirit of my siblings in the house I grew up in. It was about my brothers. I lost to cystic fibrosis, and you read the story on Valentine's Day. How I heard it is kind of cool. I love your podcast, but I don't listen regularly. I usually binge a few that have been downloaded and then go for weeks without listening. I enjoy podcasts, but I only listen when I can do small jobs while listening. Many days go by where I'm unable to listen just because my opportunities are very limited. I also have about a dozen that I check in with every now and then, so listening to podcasts is not something I do daily. On Valentine's Day, I was getting ready for the day, making my bed, etc., and I was feeling a strong presence of my mom. She was kind of chatting with me. I don't actually hear her. It's more of a feeling. And all of a sudden, I felt a strong urge to listen to a podcast. I was urged to get the Bose speaker and listen on the speakerphone. It was kind of a sudden rushed thing. So I ran downstairs. I was in the middle of uh, blow drying my hair and grabbed the speaker and ran back upstairs. I turned on the speaker, opened my podcast app, and I had no idea which one I was supposed to listen to. But I just picked ghost stories, turned it on, and it was in progress. And the first thing I heard was the intro music and then your lead intro into my story. If I were going to edit the podcast just to hear my story, it would have been exactly at the point I turned on the podcast. I never listen in the morning, so this was very, very strange. If I hadn't been urged or nudged by my mom, I would have completely missed it. I told my sister and she said that she always heard my grandfather coughing on the third floor. I never knew that. Anyways, it was fun and it was a fun Valentine's gift from beyond the grave. So we got dead people listen to our show, too. I love that even more. Yeah. Number one with the dead. <laughs> Ow. You know, I think that a lot of times when you get those feelings, you ignore them, but you shouldn't. And that's exactly why you shouldn't ignore it. She went with that weird feeling. Oh, I need to listen to a podcast right now. Mm -hmm. And look what happened. You just kind of go with it. I, I uh, love that. 
I had a really interesting story uh, that ties into that, just kind of the feeling. And you get this feeling and you're like, why am I having this feeling right now? I was talking earlier today. Um, I, I've had just a day of, of ghost stories galore. Um, and I did a, a three-hour interview with Laura DiDio earlier today. And Laura was the main reporter on the Amityville case uh, back in the day. Um, she was with Lorraine Warren and Ed Warren when they went through the house initially on there the night of Ghost Boy photo being taken and the big seance. And um, really just it, if she had not been reporting on it, we probably really wouldn't know. And it wouldn't be the what it is today in, in our minds of ghost story lore and such. But we really we really dived into the case. And I really she got her notes out from originally when she was reporting and she was a, a 20 year old reporter taking her notes and she got them out and she was reading through them as we were we were doing our, our interview. So it's going to be a really exciting episode um, come this October on the Grave Talks. Um, and I can't wait for it. It was I was so happy at the end of that conversation, wanting to talk to her forever. Anyway, my point being uh, when uh, she one day said she just had this urge and this was in about 2006 to just call Lorraine Warren out of nowhere, just Oh my God! I don't. She's working on a, a story about technology for a different publication. Nothing to do with Amityville. She's a reporter, and she just something just struck her. She, I, I, I just got to call Lorraine. I don't know why, and it wasn't one of those moments of I, I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's catch up. It was just something urged her call Lorraine Warren. So she did talk to Lorraine for about two hours. And that was that. It was just, it ended up being a catch-up call. She didn't know why, but it happened. Uh, right after they hung up the phone, she turns on the news. George Lutz died uh, over the course of that two-hour conversation. And she calls Lorraine back up the next day and says, Oh my God, did you realize that when we talked yesterday and I, I called you and I didn't know why I called you, but I just felt the urge to call you, George died literally in the course of our conversation. And George Lutz being the owner of the Amityville house, the the father in that whole case, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, portrayed in the movies and the books and, and all that. Um, just weird coincidence of those two connecting different parts of the country, 2006, 30 some years after. And just what is that, you know? That's really crazy. Yeah. Like they're having a conversation while that guy died. Yeah. And and just the odds. I mean, it's not like they were, you know, you know best friends or that they, they right. saw each other regularly. It's somebody you speak with, you know, maybe once a year or if that. Um, but just just bizarre. And all those those kind of stars aligning at that moment in time and just bizarre. I remember that point in time too, and it's not because of that, but I, I actually had an interview lined up with George. That was supposed to be taking place, I believe it was the following week or two weeks after. Anyway, I had finally gotten this thing secured and I was so excited about it. I was going to have it on my morning show and it was like, I've always wanted to talk to George about the case. And he was starting to do some interviews and opening up. He had just won a big settlement with MGM. And uh, <laughs> right, it's like three days after I get confirmation, yes, he'll talk with you on X date. He died. No. <laughs> like, are you serious? So it's funny because I remember that exact window in time that she was referencing today. So <laughs> I was like, so like, damn it. So anyway. I can't wait to hear that whole thing. It's it's very, very intriguing. So will you do it in more than one part? Yeah. Like if you talk to her that long, do you think you'll have a two parter? Yeah, I'm going to make it into two episodes, I think, um, just because there's so much material. And most episodes are about an hour. So it's going to be like two full hour uh, episodes and then some because it goes a little bit longer than that. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting. We get into to great, great detail. There's some some elements to the Amityville case that I don't think have ever been talked about um, and some things that have never been really discussed about current day situations with the Amityville case. And I know a lot of Does people she still live in that area. She's out in the New York, New Jersey area. I don't know exactly where she's at. I, I think she's I don't know exactly if she's in the Bronx or where exactly she is, but. Well, she probably keeps up to with the house. Yeah. And, and that's what we get into a little bit it, it, towards the end of the interview. There's some interesting things about the house to this day that um, that uh, some there's some stories that have not been told yet um, this. that we're going to be having on our show. So I'm excited about that. Um, and it's just it's fun. It, it's, it's not like we're going to, you know, 
you know, change the course of, you know, that story by any means, but it's um, just some, some interesting new tidbits that I think that anyone is, has, is aware of. And I get, I, I posted the other day on Facebook saying, Hey, have we got any questions about uh, the case that haven't been asked or that you've been curious about? Um, and I got a lot of, Oh, it was, it was proven as a hoax and this and that. And it really, it wasn't, there was two people who came out and said it was a hoax, but uh, you know, if you go through this, and you take a listen with an open mind, I think your opinion can very easily be changed. It's very understandable why the people who were saying it was a hoax were saying it. And we cover how George and Kathy openly talked about how some things were exaggerated for the book. So just because they said some things were exaggerated doesn't mean things didn't happen. And that's kind of where we take it from is something happened here. What was it that happened here? Um, so it gets uh, it gets into the super detail. Um, so anyway, that'll be coming out in October on the Grave Talks, um, and it'll be available for Gravekeepers in summer um, on the other podcast, the the Grave Talks. And uh, the Gravekeepers are like EPPs on this show. If you want to be a Gravekeeper, you go to Patreon dot com slash uh, the Grave Talks to get advanced episodes of that show. So like a hundred dollars a month. No, it's five. <laughs> the cost of forty two cups of coffee and three diamond rings. <laughs> That's, That's all it is. Yes, it's all it costs. No. So, yeah, five bucks a month, same as this show. Um, but that's how we support that one. And it's, uh, I love that show. It's so fun to do and, and jump into those stories. So anyway, I talked enough about that one. So uh, do uh, do check that out if you're interested in that case. It's been a fascination of mine since I was a kid. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another story. It says this is uh, not really a story, just uh, more of a clear picture. In 2007, I got my first phone. Daddy got us a uh, as a gift for Christmas. I was 14 years old, lived in an apartment with my parents and my two sisters and two brothers in San Pablo, California. It was a peaceful neighborhood most of the time, but like in a lot of neighborhoods in and around Richmond, there was chaos at times. This day, I was just taking a picture of myself with a dress I thought I was wearing for a dance. When I sent it to my friend, he replied, hey, there's some weird face in your picture. I freaked out. There was no way. My heart dropped, so I looked back to the picture I sent him to see what he was talking about, and sure was. A huge one, uh, a huge face, one by my abdomen area. The picture was taken using a reflection of a mirror, a little girl princess mirror to be exact, and there wasn't just one face, it looked like multiple, but two of them were very clear. The big man's face in my abdomen, and a crooked lady's face to the right side near my shoulder. I kept that picture in my photo bucket account so I wouldn't lose it. And I'd show it to anyone who didn't believe in afterlife or demons that I'd show that I had proof. Some people were still skeptical and would be like, oh, you just photoshopped. And I'd say, believe what you want. But I was very incapable of photoshopping with a cheap phone, being that young and not having advanced uh, access to technology that we have now. I don't understand why they show up so randomly and why they showed themselves to me. But it just did it. To this day, it still gives me goosebumps just by looking at it. You ever had something like that happen where something shows up in a photo that shouldn't be there? I don't think so. No. I'm trying to remember. I don't really remember it happening to me. And I've seen other people's pictures. I saw one on Facebook the other day, like one of my friends posted something and this woman's like, oh my God, do you see that face? And she made this big deal and zoomed in and cropped it to where here's the face and I still didn't see it. That's how I am. <laughs> I have no idea what you're looking at. But I have seen those pictures before, but then I always do wonder because everything can be, especially now, everything can be manipulated. Yeah. But then... That would have been different. That would be like taking one on your camera and it's like, what's all this crap? Like, I've had some bizarre, like, orbs and things, like, that almost look like a moon mm -hmm. in a picture. Like, that kind of bright and circular. Yeah. But I've, I don't think I've ever had one with a face in it. Have you? Not that I'm aware of, of of seeing a face or anything. I am the worst at when I get photos sent like that to me going, oh, my God, look. And even when they draw circles and have arrows and and describe in great detail what they're seeing, I'm looking at these things going, huh? Yeah. It, it looks like darkness. And it's like, don't you see it? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. And I'm not like trying to like 
be skeptical. It's just like, I don't see it. Every like lady on Facebook the other day, everybody, like nobody else could see it. And she yeah. kept posting it over and over. Now can you see it? I've changed this on it. Can you see it now? No. Like, I can't. I, 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 it makes me wonder sometimes with things like that, if if it's the same way with with their sensitivity just in real life, where they can look and they can sense certain things and see certain things that others can't. Is it the same for photos? Are there certain things in photos that only certain people can pick up on and others cannot? Almost like those, uh, when we were like when I was a kid, there would be like, you put on like the red uh, glasses or something that kind of had the shade on them. And then when you looked at the certain photo, oh, you can see all the hidden messages that were there because you're wearing the, the, the red lens over your eyes. Maybe there's something like that with photos too. But I mean, I have seen some before where it, like you do see something like yeah. you see those galleries of them anymore. It's like, look at all these pictures of a whole gallery of ghosts captured on film. Yeah. And I'm always a little skeptical about most of them. Sure. Especially the ones that are too good. What gets me the most are some of the foreign videos that get posted online that look just like somebody's walking around with their camcorder or, or video phone or whatever. And it seems very natural. And there's like a demon thing hanging on the top of a light pole or just the most bizarre, almost like monster-like creatures that yeah, you see. Yeah, I saw one like that a couple weeks ago. And I think it was on the Daily Mail. Uh -huh. I just like to look at that because it's like a lot of trashy stuff. Yeah. And so it's like this video of this woman and she's face timing with somebody and it i'm watching it going what an odd conversation these two are having anyway and because the one person's not really responding and the other one is just talking about nothing and then the woman's like oh my god what is that behind you and so they kind of zoom in on it and it looks like kind of like one of those stereotypical alien things uh -huh. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about it's like like, seriously, who could even believe that's real? I can't even believe this conversation is real, yeah. let alone that. There, there's some. It's the ones where they don't speak English that get me that there's some really good ones out there. And I'm like, holy shit. It's like, this looks really real. And it's like, who put this together? And why is this here? And there's no I way. I've seen some good ones on yeah. the the Facebook page, and it's like, Real Ghost Stories Online page. And you have no way to track these things down. It's like, what's the origins of this? Because it goes to like some third world country. And it's like, where the hell? And how did this get put together? It's, well, I don't know. Yeah. And once again, that's where I get skeptical because yeah. now go to a movie and you can see the coolest effects of anything you can think of. Sure. It'd be pretty easy to make, uh, you know, a pool ball move across the pool table. Yeah. When anything can be done. Yeah. I with mean, video. Exactly. There's always a, a lot of explanations. And you're always kind of like, okay, now if you could have just moved the camera one inch further to the right, we could completely say you didn't do that yourself. But because you yeah. cut off the one area where this could be manipulated, yeah, it kind of, you know, puts it all. Now, uh, what I'd like to have happen is that person who's got that picture. If I had taken that picture, I would have it for the rest of my life. So maybe they could post the picture on the Real Ghost Stories Online page. That'd be good. I would like to see it. I would like that. I'm very curious. Because back then it would have been hard. If that picture is that old, it mm -hmm. would be hard to have manipulated it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. 855-853-4802 uh, is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's get another letter. It says, about two weeks ago in a new house I'm living in, in Temecula with my family, my two kids were asleep, my husband was at work, and my brother was at his homecoming dance. I was, like I am right now, in my brother's room on the computer when I heard really loud, heavy footsteps coming up the stairs. And when they got to the top of the stairs, I heard a slap as if someone slapped their hand hard on the top of the banister. I thought it was my dad. It sounded as though he was mad, so I got up quickly to check and see what was wrong. When I went into the hallway, no one was there. So I looked in my dad's room to find that he wasn't there either. I looked through the banister downstairs where I could see my dad passed it on the couch. So I checked on my kids, and they were asleep as well. I searched the entire house, and no one had come home. A week later, I was talking to my friend Nicole, who was more like a sister, and I told her what had happened. 
she got a pale look at me and told me that just a few days before when she was over, she was sitting on my bed and heard someone coming up the stairs. You can see the top of the stairs from my bed and she said she looked over, expecting to see me at the top of the stairs, only no one was there. A few seconds later, she saw me coming up the stairs with a big basket of laundry, holding my one-year-old son's hand, helping him up the stairs. There was no way to explain the previous footsteps as I was walking up the stairs very slowly. The footsteps that she had heard were very fast, and yet no one was there. They got us talking about the experiences we both had in the Chula Vista house and realizing the only thing that connects our experiences now to the ones back at the old place that we were at was a mirror. We decided to go through some old pictures that we had taken while we were living in that house, and while going through the pictures, we expected to find nothing. However, that definitely wasn't the case. We found more than a few pictures that had what people call orbs, a couple of photos that look almost like a cord got in the way, but it was a disposable camera, so there was no cord. Four pictures have the mirror in them. One picture we're writing off as streaks in the mirror, although you can make out faces in it. But the most shocking are the other three. One was taken at Christmas time. It looks as though there's a white face, almost skull-like, dark-hooded thing in the mirror. There's no way anyone could have been standing there, as with the layout of the house and where the tree was placed, they would have to have been standing on presents. We also would have been able to see more uh, or their bodies because of the wall being right there. The other two were taken at my baby shower when I was pregnant with my now six-year-old daughter. My husband and I were sitting in between the TV and fireplace. The fireplace and the mirror hung above in the pictures. We were opening gifts, and these two pictures were taken probably about five minutes apart at slightly different angles. Nicole was flipping through the set of pictures when she said, Oh, hell no. Tell me you didn't see that. She handed me the album and was pointing at something. She said, looked like a face peering out of the mirror. I looked and honestly only saw a reflection of a flash. She was saying over and over that that same face was in these two pictures and was completely freaked out by it. The next day, we took all the pictures down to Walmart and had them scanned and put onto a disc to load them onto the computer. Once I got home, we loaded them onto the computer, and while looking at these two, zoomed in. And sure, clear enough as day, I saw the face while looking at, the three, uh, while looking at these photos. I remembered back to that day while setting things up and cleaning a bit before the shower, I was cleaning the mirror with Windex and a paper towel. There was one area that seemed streaky to me on the right side of the mirror, but no matter how much Windex and rubbing I did, it would not come off. And while I was trying to remove the streaks, I saw a face in the streaks. It creeped me out a little bit, but it didn't scare me too much as I just told myself it was streaked and then started to go away. Now, normally I'd write the picture off to streaks, but the face of the man we see in the bottom left side of the mirror is that guy. The pictures were taken at different angles, and yet the face is still exactly the same. I can understand seeing a face in one, but at different angles, there shouldn't be the same in that picture. What do you make of all the pictures of ghosts in the mirror? That's kind of what we were just talking about, it strangely is. enough. Yep. Once again, I think since they put them on the computer, maybe that person could share them. Yeah, I would love to see what these what these look like. Not that I'm going to be able to see anything in them, just because that's how I am. But I'm sure others will. Um, and when they're, I take that you know sometimes I can. I mean, but it has to be pretty darn clear. When it's it's questionable, I'm not good at it. I need like, oh my god, it's hitting me in the face. It's to like pick a up baby sonogram. Yeah, like they're, they're like, look at my baby, and I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I need the 3D image. <laughs> Without the 3D image, I don't see anything. Yeah. I yeah. think you had the funniest baby picture. Was it you? Of Harp? With Harper? Yeah, we had a 3D one, and it looks just like her. I mean, it's it was amazing when she came. I was like, yeah, shit, that was really dead on. But some of the not 3D ones, they're like, I is that really a child? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's kind of the same with those ghost pictures. But back to what they were talking about, the going up the stairs thing, because when I was a kid, that house we lived in, that would happen. But, you know, especially when you're doing one thing and you're like on a computer something and you're a million miles away, you hear someone walking up the stairs. That's a very recognizable sound. Yeah. Like you turn around to look to see who it is. And you know what you what you heard. It was it's, someone walking up the stairs. It's not something that's easily confused for another sound. It's no. just it is. It's like a microwave going off. You know, that's the microwave. You know, there, there's no questioning where what that sound is. 
very, very distinct. Yeah. 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's jump over to a caller and hear your ghost story. Hi. Hi, Tony. This is Jill. Uh, I've called in a couple times now. Once the story about the um, little girl, my sister and I had called her up, and then the other one was a little girl that um, kept seeing the monster. Um, but anyway, this story I wanted to tell because I know you um, love the ones about Ouija boards. This one is about a Ouija board. That um, so although I've always known that. They're not good, really should not mess with them. Um, for whatever reason, stupidly, my mother and I, well, I guess this was back in maybe 2012, uh, we decided to use one because she lived in a really old house and we were just curious to see what would happen. And again, still smart thinking and stupidly made one and this is what happened. So her and I made the Ouija board. We didn't even buy one, we made one. And we were sitting in this little solarium that she had in the front of her house. It was um, sometime in the evening, but we were sitting there and we started and just asked it very basic questions to which, you know, it would respond yes or no or spell out something. But her and I both kept looking at each other like, you're doing this, aren't you? And, you know, we didn't really believe that it was doing it on its own because it was so strong. So I promised her, I said, you know, I'm not, I promise I'm not doing this. And she promised me that she wasn't either. So uh, I told her, I said, well, let me do this. Let me ask it a question in my head. And I'm going to look away and you are going to just read out the response that it gives. That way we know that, you know, we're not influencing this in any way. She said, okay. So I asked it the question in my head and she spelled out the answer, and sure enough, it was exactly what I asked her. So at that point, we were both kind of freaked out, and we realized that, you know, we really did make contact with something. And I can't remember what exactly we asked it from that point, because this was years ago now, but I do know that I started getting really sick. Um, that's usually what happens when there's a lot of activity around, is I get really, really nauseous. So I told her, I said, Mom, we need to close the board. I'm sick. I'm weak. I can't do this. Um, she did not want to close it because she was really excited that we were getting something. But I said, you know, we've got to. Like, I'm telling you, my intuition and my stomach are telling me we've got to stop. So we closed the board, said goodbye, um, said our little closing prayer, and that was that. Well, we came home. Um, this was a couple nights later. Her and I had came home from somewhere, and we were sitting in that solarium again, I think reading a book. And we heard a really loud thud come from upstairs. We both looked at each other like, oh, God, that sounds like a person. And she didn't live in the best area at that time, so it very well could have been somebody breaking in. Um, so then we heard some walking around upstairs. And her and I are, you know, freaked out at this point. It's just us there. Um, and so we ended up calling the cops because we were convinced that somebody was in there. So we called the cops. And they um, they came over and they searched the house. They searched every part of that house. And they said, you know, there is nobody here. There's no signs of entry. Nothing. Nothing was, nothing tipped over. No windows open. There was 100% nothing. So her and I are, you know, pretty freaked out still. Um, I think, honestly, we were kind of hoping it was someone because that would have made it less scary than there being nobody. So anyway, from that point on, this house just got, it got worse and worse. So many weird things started happening. Um, my mom started hearing at nighttime, she would hear someone bang on her wall um, right around the same time. And of course, it was always around that three, four o'clock in the morning. And she said she would just hear someone bang and bang and bang on her wall. Um, and then it would stop. And I think she had said one time she had even felt someone kind of climb on to the foot of her bed and tug the covers. Um, so that happened to her. And then I was in the room next to her and I would hear my, um, my door handle would rattle a lot. It would sound like if somebody were to have a door, you know, locked into where it should be and they just hold the handle and jiggle it. Um, I hope that makes sense because that's what it sounded. It was, it was crazy. I don't know. It sounded like somebody was in there and trying to get out and it would just do that around that same three, four o'clock in the morning, Mark. So, 
Her and I decided, again, stupidly, to make another Ouija board to see if we could make contact with whatever was in our house. So we made another one. We took it upstairs to her attic because her attic was definitely the creepiest part of this house. It wasn't your typical, like, attic where, you know, it's got a bunch of, um, like, torn down, you know, the, I'm trying to think of the words to describe it. But it was, it was a nicer attic. Like, there was space to sit up there comfortably. So we sat up in her attic, and we were playing um, with our Ouija board. We opened it back up, and we started asking contact and asked it, is this somebody that had died in the house? And it said no. And then we said, well, is this somebody that, you know, died nearby? There was a little park next door. Um, you know, we thought maybe just something in the area. I said no. And I said, okay, well, is it something that's attached to one of us? And it said yes. And, of course, it's always me. It's always me. So I said, you know, is it attached to my mom? And it said no. And then, of course, it's me. And we asked it where it attached itself. And keep in mind, I, I did not remember my old address that um, the house, if anybody remembers my story about the house and the little girl that would call my name when I was playing the piano, I don't remember that address um, consciously. And we asked the board where it attached to me, and it spelled out that address. Um, so at that point, again, we closed out the board, and my mom ended up moving from that house because it got so bad. We, I mean, she couldn't stay there. I, I had moved out already at that point. She was there alone, um, and it just got worse and worse. I had actually went back into that house uh, when, after we had uh, gotten rid of it and just to get some things um, as, we were, as she was moving. And I guess I kind of taunted it. I was like, you know, good riddance, bye. And after I had said that, the wall, I had a such a loud bang on the wall. And I guess that was um, the spirit being like, you know, good riddance to you too. So that is just one of my stories. Again, um, I hope you enjoy it. And I will call back with more because I have probably a thousand. So have a good one and I'll call back soon. All right. Well, uh, she's underwater. So um, I hate when people drown in the middle of their stories. <laughs> but she's going to call back. She will call um, back with a better connection, hopefully. No, but okay. So I, because of that connection, I missed a couple things, I think. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the story, did they make the Ouija board because they felt there was something there or was it, they were just more curious about the house? I think probably a little bit of both from what I could understand. I, I don't know if it was just more so, you know, you're curious, let's do this. Maybe, maybe not. Why not? I think that might've been what it was. I, I just want to sit down with her because it's like, okay, you have, you're open to this sort of energy anyway. Why would you get uh -huh. out a Ouija board? Go to the library, do some research on the house. Like don't go to the Ouija board first. Cause you Cause haven't then it been sounds like I got really bad after that. Cause she hasn't been stung yet. It's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, it's like until you, and you, it's sometimes people are just, they have to learn by doing versus and they did it again though. cautionary tales that's true yeah because it's like okay it's kind of bad what's this let's get out the ouija board <laughs> i would be like number one let's move or let's go to the library and see what we can find out let's yeah. do some research on the history of this house like i just don't get and she went to the creepy attic on top of that like what? She checked it's like off. in the movies. It's like, <laughs> don't go there. Run outside. Like, don't go that. Like I was watching one of the Amityville horror movies. We were talking about it the other day, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like at one point the kid goes running up the stairs and I'm like, you should be running outside. Like, I don't get that. So it's the equivalent of they should have ran outside, but no, they went into the creepy attic mm -hmm. with the Ouija board. And, like, especially knowing that she's had a history of stuff like that. I don't think I'd want to know. Some like, people, is it attached to me? I don't want to know. They just like to check off all the boxes of everything you shouldn't do. I get exactly <laughs> right. It's like, did it. I get all of the above. Oh, shit. Now my mom has to move because Satan moved in. You know. But if it's following you, like, which might be why she said she's going to call back with more stories because she has them. This happens yep. to her all the time. 
That could be that too. Could just be oh, kind of why an accepted. the Ouija board? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Is there a Ouija board? I don't app? even quite know how you make one, but not like I'm going to try. We should just just try it this week. See what happens. Can you do Ouija boards with pets? Like, can you? <laughs> can you and Buddy like do a Ouija board together? Like, he, he puts his paw on it. You put your hand. That would not work out well. <laughs> He's got a torn ACL. Then I get out the damn Ouija board with my dog. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, shit could go bad really quick He'll if get you did scared, that. Scared, he'll take off running. <laughs> They do sense things, do so that. yeah, it's probably a bad idea. Not a good suggestion. Sorry about that. But uh, interesting story. I do appreciate the call, so thank you for uh, for doing that. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up the episode for today. Thank you guys for uh, for calling in. Thank you guys for listening to the program. Live show coming up in August, August 11th. Ticket info, realghoststoriesonline.com. Get yours before it gets sold out. So uh, check that out at the uh, Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's going to be an awesome night. Uh, with uh, ghost stories galore. So check that out. Uh, and of course, uh, ghostpodcast.com and patreon.com slash real ghost stories to be an EPP, support the show, and keep it on the air. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. At Troncali Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we treat you like one of our own. With the friends and family advantage, you'll get no-hassle upfront pricing every time and upfront trade-in value. We'll even purchase your car if you buy elsewhere. When you need to service, we have convenient hours, genuine Mopar parts, and factory-trained technicians. And as an award-winning dealership, you'll always have a satisfying experience. So visit Troncali Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 9 in Cumming and online at troncollijeep.com. Tap the banner for details. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. The all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your drive with best-in-class EPA-estimated 35 MPG combined, so you can keep on keeping on wherever the road takes you. Don't just go farther. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Toyota, let's go places. 2020 Highlander Hybrid all-wheel drive, 35 city, 35 highway, 35 combined MPG EPA estimates. Actual mileage will vary. 2020 Highlander Hybrid versus 2020 competitors based on data at www.fueleconomy.gov as of 2018-20.